This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. We've got stories on the warm-up match at Anfield that took place yesterday, Timo Werner, the future of Harry Wilson, Rian Brewster and Philippe Coutinho, plus an update on Liverpool's new kit deal with Nike. And to help me run through those stories, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Matt Addison. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Uh, probably like a lot of people this morning, I don't know about you, mate, you've been waking up to uh, see your timeline on Twitter of footage from the Champions League trophy parade, which took place exactly a year ago today. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Obviously, we're going to come on to the, the training match and you think of all the crowds that we had last year and, and the contrast to what it is this year. It just goes to show, doesn't it, what strange times we're in at the moment. <laughs> it is indeed, and it does perfectly tee up our first story because, yeah, you've gone from probably hundreds of thousands, maybe more than a million people on the streets of Liverpool 12 months ago, exactly. And now you look at Anfield yesterday and Liverpool are, are playing in behind closed doors into the squad match uh, between the players with Genie Wijnaldum up in the stands on his own, which you're going to explain now, Matt. But it's a story that's been reported on the Echoes website and widely, but it was great to see the players back back at Anfield. Yeah, I think that was sort of the, the main part of the idea, really, was to to get the players back and, and used to playing with no fans of course at Anfield I mean they, they do that fairly regularly when there's Champions League matches because you know you, you sort of play uh, and train the night before the game but even then there'll be a couple of hundred people maybe camera crews and, and journalists and things like that within the stadium so it, it is something that the players will have to get used to and I'm sure this is something that you know other Premier League clubs potentially could copy as far as I'm aware Liverpool are the first ones to do it and you know, Pep Linders speaking yesterday was saying how, how nice it was to be back and, and sort of a bit of a, a change for the players. I think obviously it's been so many weeks now since they've they've played there. So I'm sure they would have all enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, as you say, in terms of sort of team news, there was no Genie Wijnaldum. He was sat in the stands just with a little bit of a, a precaution. It, it's nothing serious. It's not really a, a bad injury. And, and Zedin Shakiri as well was was missing. He wasn't there at all. Well, not a hundred percent sure on, on why that was, but uh, yeah, two two different teams, a sort of home and away team, if you like, in in Liverpool's kit, Reds against Blacks, and um, yeah, Yamane Navicata among the scorers, uh, particularly I think. But for Cater, that would have been a big thing. Obviously, there's no fans, and it wasn't a, a big game, but that must be a decent thing for for his confidence. So. Yeah, it was sort of interesting how the uh, the two teams were were mixed up, and Keanu Hoover was playing. Uh, Nico Williams, I think, was a, a sub. But uh, yeah, so some of the old partnerships were, were broken up. Van Dijk and Gomez, for example, on on different sides. I think Firmino and Mane were on the same team, but then Salah was on the opposite team. So uh, a complete sort of mix uh, of teams. We're not too sure what the score was. Uh, I've seen a few rumours that it might have been three one to one of the teams, but. I don't think that's being confirmed. But yeah, I think the, the main thing was just to, to get them back out on the grass, really, at Anfield, to, to give them a little bit of a, a run out. And obviously, there's, there's only so much individual training and, and sort of you know, little group exercises that you can do. At some point, you do have to, to do friendlies. And, and this was, was one of those. So it was massively beneficial, I'm sure, for the players, not just to, to be playing a full match, but for that to be at Anfield too. And then, obviously, just the, the final thing, uh, the, the Black Lives Matter image, obviously widespread now, I'm sure 
a lot of people will have seen that across social media, the, the players sort of uh, taking a, a knee around the, the centre circle. Uh, I think that will be a little bit of a, an iconic image, obviously, in these times and everything that's going on at the moment. I believe that the idea was pushed by Junior Wijnaldum and, and Virgil van Dijk for, for the players to do that. And Yeah, it was uh, an important thing, uh, an important message, I think, for, for Liverpool to, to, to sort of put out there and it was sort of, yeah, as I say, on a day of many, you know, brilliant images that were captured, I think that is the, the one that, that rightly will, will stick in people's minds. Liverpool are set to resume their campaign with uh, the little matter of a Merseyside derby on the weekend of June 20th, 21st. We've not got the exact date yet, but hoping to get that later this week. But as we already know, the Bundesliga is well on the way and a man who I think it's fair to say would love to sign for Liverpool is Timo Werner. And he underlined his talents again last night with another goal for RB Leipzig in their 4-2 win at Cologne. Uh, Matt, before the match, a report came out from ESPN suggesting that Liverpool could have a rival for Werner if, if and when they decide to make a move for the striker. While after it, and you've probably seen it this morning, uh, our listeners, that Leipzig's manager, Julian Nagelsmann, has made some interesting comments about Werner's future. Yeah, definitely. As you say, Timo Werner's 31st goal of the season last night against Cologne. He played you know, relatively, relatively well. I think he was bit quiet for, for some of the match but of course that goal it was uh, a counter-attack Peter Galaxy the, the former Liverpool goalkeeper launching one forward and, and getting the assist and it was a, a very Liverpool goal really and uh, yeah interesting comments from, from Julian Nagelsmann at the end admitted essentially and to be honest I think he made similar comments um, a few days ago too that basically saying that you know he's had the conversation with Timo Werner and he isn't going to be able to convince him to stay. I think it's pretty clear that Timo Werner would like to leave and, and would like to take the next next step in his career. And when you consider his age and you consider the form that he's in, the position that RB Leipzig are in in the Bundesliga, you know, they are in the sort of top two or three teams, but they're not really going to be challenging for the league anytime soon. I think it's, it's understandable, really, that, that Timo Werner believes that this is the right time to move on so the fact that, that Nagelsmann has, has come out and, and basically said that it, it, it's a slight surprise and that he's been so blunt about it but at the same time I don't think it's a story that anybody really had any concerns about I think it was it, it's fairly obvious that, that Timo Werner would like to move to Liverpool and, and that Liverpool would like to, to buy him it's just a case of Obviously, whether this summer the, the financial aspect of it is right. But as you say as well, Chelsea potentially have joined the race. Um, the story from, from ESPN suggesting that Leon would like to to get €80 million Euros for, for their striker, Moussa Dembele. He was potentially Chelsea's top target for, for the summer for that position. They're not going to pay, of course, that sort of fee. I think that's, that's massively inflated. And we've seen that, obviously, with... Jean-Michel Aulas, the, the Lyon president in the past, that if he has a valuation, he isn't going to shift. So potentially Chelsea have joined the race with Liverpool. They see Timo Werner as a, a cheaper alternative, obviously, a £52 million release clause. So, yeah, it, it's interesting that you know Chelsea have been named as a potential alternative. I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure still, if, if Liverpool are, are interested, he would always pick Liverpool over Chelsea. I think Timo Werner has made that pretty clear and it, it's just sort of the, the next step in the dance really. It, it, it depends really where Chelsea's interest has come from in terms of you know where that where that story has come from. You, you do wonder 
is it maybe a, an agent getting involved from Timo Werner's perspective to sort of you know put Liverpool into a position where they have to to make a decision sooner? You know, is it is it genuine interest from Chelsea or, or is it you know, conveniently positioned to, to make Liverpool make the next move? Only time will tell. But I think the the bottom line is as much as Chelsea might like the look of him. I've seen stories over the last couple of days that Manchester City and Manchester United might also like the look of him. I think if, if Liverpool have the spending power to get Timo Werner this summer, then I'm pretty sure they still will. Agreed. If Liverpool do decide to sign Werner this summer, you do have to wonder what that would mean for the likes of Harry Wilson and Rian Brewster. However, according to Chris Bascom in The Telegraph this morning, their immediate futures have been decided, Matt. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting story, isn't it? I think it's uh, Marco Gruwich as well, Rian Brewster, Harry Wilson. They'll all be allowed to, to stay out on loan for a little bit longer, of course. Normally, the, the season would have been finished by now and they would have been expected to be back at Melwood for, for training and and then obviously they'll they'll go away on holiday before they uh, come back for pre-season. But of course, that's not going to be quite the case this year. Um, to take Wilson as an example, he'll stay at, at Bournemouth for the rest of the Premier League season um, and, and continue to, to play and, and to play very well, you would assume, as he has done this season for them. So I think it was the obvious call to make, really, for Liverpool. It's, it's beneficial for both parties. There's no reason to bring back you know, any of those players that are out on that Liverpool don't need, for example, another midfielder. There's no reason to bring Marco Gruic back. They don't need Rian Brewster. So it's best for his development that, you know, even when the, the championship uh, resumes, he'll be able to continue to play for Swansea. So, yeah, it, it's beneficial for, for both sides. The obvious decision, really. And that's the sort of easy bit, isn't it, really, with, with those sorts of players. I think for Liverpool, it was an obvious decision. Maybe for, for some other clubs, it, it won't quite be so easy. I think there'll be teams who have players on loan who maybe can't afford to, to pay the wages for the extra few weeks or, or whatever it might be. There might be teams who, who decide, actually, we've got a bit of an injury crisis at the moment. We need those players back. And there is no obligation for a deal like this to be set out. But certainly for, for Liverpool's case, in terms of these contracts, it's, it's a fairly simple one. And yeah, we expect that, that Greenwich, Wilton and Brewster will all remain at, at their current clubs for that extra few weeks to cover the rest of this season. One player whose future is most definitely up in the air is the former Liverpool midfielder, Philippe Coutinho. But increasingly, Matt, it looks like his future will be back in the Premier League if reports overnight or anything to go by. Yeah, some uh, some interesting comments from his agent coming directly from him. He says, you know, definitely Coutinho would be interested in a move back to the Premier League. And to me, it just sort of sounds like he's desperate to, to drum up some interest, which... You would imagine in normal times there'll be, you know, a good four or five clubs in for, for Coutinho, but you know the the wage packet that he would demand, the, the transfer fee that Barcelona would would want, it, it sort of sounds like there aren't too many clubs in the queue for him at the moment, and and yeah, his agent is is desperately trying to find somewhere for for him to go. So I still, you know, I know we we said this a couple of times now. I still think staying at Barcelona is definitely definitely an option because. As much as you know, his agent might say that he's desperate to move to the Premier League. I'm not sure there's too many Premier League clubs desperate to have him. So, you know, obviously Brendan Rodgers spoke out um, within the last few days to say that Coutinho would prove too expensive for Leicester. I think it, his agent has been fairly vocal in the past that he wouldn't want to sign for Manchester United because of his Liverpool connections. 
Chelsea, you've already got a few number 10s there. They've already signed Hakim Ziyech ahead of the, the summer. Um, so you, you don't think that they would really need it. Newcastle, potentially, if, if they get taken over, particularly if, if Maurizio Pochettino was to end up there, you could imagine that he would potentially reunite with Coutinho. But as much as uh, Coutinho's agent might want there to be interest in the Premier League, I'm not too sure at this moment in time that there is any. So it, it wouldn't massively surprise me if he ended up staying at Barcelona, but potentially with, with these comments, it, it does sort of point to that maybe not being the case. Um, obviously, Liverpool, uh, Barcelona, sorry, have, have changed managers and Coutinho left Liverpool and you know, Kike Setien has come in this season and, and made a few changes. But yeah, it, it does sound like Barcelona are looking to get rid. But yeah, there's, there's not going to be a long line of, of suitors, I don't think, when this summer transfer window does open. To our final story. Hopefully you've listened to Monday's Blood Red podcast by now. It was all about the Champions League triumph in Madrid that we talked about at the top of this podcast. But shortly after Blood Red was recorded, uh, our Liverpool FC correspondent Paul Gorse broke some news about the club's new kit deal with Nike. We've not covered it on a podcast yet, so I thought we'd do it here, Matt. What's what's the latest? Yes, yeah, so uh, obviously we knew that, that Liverpool would lift the Premier League trophy in their new balance kit and they would play out the rest of this season. But this is kind of official confirmation of that really they've agreed a new start date for the Nike kit deal of August the 1st so I think that's you know roughly four weeks uh, pushed back or, or maybe slightly more than that just to, to make sure that the rest of this season is is played out with that initial New Balance deal in place and you would imagine that that will mean the new kit is revealed uh, in the week beginning Monday August the 3rd there's no official line on that but the timings of it would sort of make sense. I think Nike will will want to bring out that kit as soon as possible to sell uh, as much of it as possible before next season starts. Of course, you know if uh, if it was to come out that week, and you know it, it isn't going to come out before that because, of course, that Nike kit deal won't be in place before then. Now um, it, it's only going to be potentially two or three weeks before the new season starts. So. I think they will be keen to, to get that out there and, and get that on sale as soon as possible. But I think this, again, is a sensible decision. I think the fact that Nike have, have stepped back and, and allowed New Balance to have the rest of this season without much of a fuss as, as far as we're aware, I think you know, it, it's the right decision from their perspective. It, it wouldn't have looked too good if, if they'd kicked up a fuss and, and took advantage of, of the situation we're in at the moment. But uh, yeah, any Liverpool fans who are excited about the new kit, and I'm sure there are plenty of those, the new start date for that Nike kit deal has, has been pushed back to August the 1st. So yeah, the, the countdown, if you like, is on for, for the Premier League title, but the countdown for, for Nike will be on and, until that point too. Certainly is. Thanks, Matt. That's all your headlines for this morning, and thanks for listening. Have a great day, and I'll be back later with our regular fans' podcast view from the COP. Until then, bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.